This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. So um, what I've got planned tonight is similar to this morning. If you were here this morning or if you were watching online, um, I've tried to freshen it up, give you something a little bit different to think about. Um, As you can see on the screen there, we're talking about humility and pride. Um, Is anyone brave? I want to shout out, what is humility and what is pride? Start with humility. What's humility? Anyone brave enough to yell out a definition just off the top of your head? Something about being humble? The opposite of pride? Clever. Love it. Any other ideas? What is pride? How about that? The opposite of humility? (laughs) We're getting a long way here. Um, I think that humility... Oh, there we go. Yes. Humility is putting yourself last. Pride is putting yourself first. I love that. Um, How about this? How about some examples? Because maybe definitions are hard. Can you think of an attitude or an action where, like, if someone did that or said that, you'd be like, that's a humble person? Any examples? Yeah, yeah. So doing, doing a task that isn't up the front, doesn't make you look good, just quietly going and doing it, not expecting any thanks. It's a good example. Thank you. Any other ideas? Or, or an example of, of being prideful. <laughs> yep, demanding demanding thanks or payment. I'll pay you later. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have an example from the Bible for us. Uh, this is a, a guy called King Hezekiah. Um, his story is in a couple of different places in the Bible. Uh, as you can see on the screen there. Hezekiah was a really good king, although his father before him and his son after him were not good kings. He was kind of this one good king in a line of a lot of bad kings. And his whole thing was that when he became the king of God's people, he was like, we need to turn back to God. We've been worshipping other gods instead of worshipping the one true God. We're going to get rid of all the idols. We're going to clean up the temple. We're going to get all the festivals, the Passovers and all that kind of stuff back together. Um, and he did all this amazing work to kind of reform the religious life of God's people at that time. It's about 700 years before Jesus, we're talking. And yet... There's a couple of little moments right at the end of his life where he has, like God has helped him to win all these battles and wars and things where people were attacking, um, attacking Jerusalem. Uh, the army came and surrounded Jerusalem and God saved them and the army left. And Hezekiah was like the leader of the nation when all these good things are happening. And in his heart, he started to believe that he was the reason that things were good, that he had achieved all this great stuff. And he started kind of taking credit for it, at least inwardly. And God, who can see people's hearts, knew how he was feeling about himself and actually said 
because of the pride of your heart, my wrath is on you and on Jerusalem and on all Judea. And thankfully, he wasn't so proud that he couldn't say sorry to God, uh, that he couldn't humble himself. Uh, and he did that, and God's wrath was turned aside, and he lived to a, a good old age, um, at least old for those days. And yeah, it, it strikes me, this kind of moment at the end of this great hero's life. Even Hezekiah could be prideful. And it strikes me that God really cares a lot about if we have proud hearts. He didn't act on his pride. He didn't, you know, go back on all the great stuff he'd done or make it all about him, put up a statue to himself. Like, he didn't do anything particularly bad, or at least as far as I can see. But in his heart, he was proud. And that, according to God, was a big problem. Uh, what we're going to do um, is we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, around the room, Nathan and I have put up little stations. You'll see them because they have little lights under them. Um, there's a couple on the front of the stage here, left and right, and then the rest are kind of around the room. There's seven stations, and each of them has a verse from the Bible. Some of them from the Old Testament, some from the New, and they're all about pride and humility. Uh, so, we're going to take like five or ten minutes. You can start anywhere. They're not in any particular order. So, kind of spread yourselves out and, and then work your way around and just spend a minute at each one. Read it really slowly and carefully um, and then sort of stand there and think about it. Maybe say a prayer into the words from that verse. Take your time with it. There's only seven. You've got like ten minutes. So you can spend more than a minute at each one and really like be meditative about this process. Um, and just work your way through and see what is God saying to you through his word tonight. So I'm not, I'm not going to preach this bit. It's just between you and God. Um, and yeah, listen to what the Spirit is saying through the Word as you travel. And Dave's going to play us some background music so it's not too awkward. We good? Do we know what to do? Start anywhere, spread yourselves out, move around. So uh, I want to read you one more verse to add to all, all those ones. More than one. A little passage from 1 Peter 5. Uh, this is verses 5 to 11. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert 
Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. I wonder what God is saying to you tonight about humility. Uh, maybe one of those seven verses around the room really spoke to you, really challenged you. Maybe it was kind of the accumulative effect of wandering around and reading verse after verse from Old Testament and New and all over the place. Um, God has a lot to say about humility. Uh, we're just going to have a look at this uh, 1 Peter passage uh, and think about how we're going to do this. Like, it's one thing to be convinced that God wants you to be humble, but it's a whole other thing to actually figure out, well, how? Uh, and luckily in this passage, we get a whole series of pointers. Uh, this is the first one. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. I think the first thing, if you want to be a humble person, uh, is to focus on God. Uh, if your relationship with God is in a good place, then you will be a more humble person. It's kind of the first thing and the last thing uh, is to get right with God. And not just any kind of right with God, but right with a God who is a God of love, a God of forgiveness, a God of mercy, and a God of justice. Uh, God, in all of his characteristics, uh, and if you kind of sit under that and you humble yourselves under those attributes of God, then those are going to be things that you start to copy, and it's going to change who you are. The next thing, he goes on and says, uh, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. And that's the gospel isn't it? Uh, that as we come before God, He promises to lift us. Uh, and that word honor is kind of the, I don't know, it's a key word that might not sound like a key word to you and me. Um, but in, in Peter's day, in this culture, in this time, uh, people would think about themselves in terms of how much honor do I get? in this situation and how do i get more honor uh it's kind of the the structure of their culture of their society often it gets called honor shame culture and it's this whole thing about like what's my status and if i impress people with my personality or with my skills and gifts or whatever it is or if i have lots of money and a really nice house and drive a nice car they don't have cars back then but you know what i mean like if that's if you're getting status in the eyes of other people, then you're getting honor. And what Peter is saying is forget that. Honor now is not something you earn. It's not something you strive for. It's not something you compete against other people for. Honor is something that you get for free from Jesus. That he died 
on the cross and he will lift you and raise you up in honor because he loves you and he cares about you and because you come before him in humility. Which leads us on neatly to the next bit. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. I think sometimes we think that if I'm going to humble myself before God, it means that I'm going to bow down with my face on the ground and I'm going to like say, woe is me, I'm a sinner, God, you're so far above me, you're so like massive and distant and, and I'm this like tiny worm hiding away down here. That's not proper humility. That's not this kind of humility that Peter's talking about. This kind of humility says in my honoring of who God is, in my putting myself lower than God, I can draw near to Him. I can rely on Him. I can bring all of my worries and cares to Him. If I'm feeling afraid or anxious or, or any kind of negativity in my life, that I can draw near to God like a child drawing near to a parent. The next thing is, and this might sound like, hang on, why is he going there? He seems to suddenly change the topic and says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. What, where does that come from? What's that got to do with humility? Well, I think that what Peter has in mind is that there are lies in our hearts, lies that Satan whispers to us uh, that warp our ability to be humble and in a good relationship with God. And the, the two lies I, I kind of particularly think are relevant to this are kind of opposites. One is the lie that says, I'm really great, I'm really good, I'm self-sufficient, I can look after myself, I can handle myself, I can get where I need to go all on my own. Uh, and that's the lie of arrogance. And it makes you proud, especially if you succeed at doing those things on your own strength. And you're, you're like, yeah, I am awesome. Uh, and that's a problem. And then the opposite is also a problem. To say, I'm, I'm a bad person, I'm terrible, I'm not worthy of God's love. Like, I'm, I feel like I can't possibly show my face in church ever again. Like, that's the lie of shame that says that when God says, I forgive you, you say, you couldn't possibly forgive me. Well, now, who's, who's the one who's telling the truth? <laughs> is it you or is it God? It ends up almost being like a kind of pride again uh, to say that you know better. That kind of self-loathing is not humility, even if it kind of sounds like it might be. The next little piece of advice from Peter, he says, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And here I think that Peter wants to remind you that you're not alone. I think when we are suffering, when we're struggling, when, when life is really, really hard, the natural thing to do in that moment is to kind of go into yourself, to focus completely on your own issues and your own problems and to kind of become 
an island. And you can't be humble on your own because humility is all about these relationships of saying, I'm going to put this other person first or I'm going to put God above me in my life. And if you become completely self-centered because life is too hard and you're not coping, that can lead you into a situation where you're tempted to become either arrogant or shameful because you're losing sight of those relationships. So he says, remember that you're in a family. You're in this family of believers, not just here in Narara, but all over the world. And they suffer too. We all suffer. In fact, we follow a God who suffered. The whole thing we always go on about is Jesus dying on a cross. That is Jesus suffering. If he suffered, then should we be surprised if we do too? And should we be dismayed and should we give up if we do too? No, remember. And also remember this. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you've suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. Our suffering is not a forever thing. We can have hope that in this life or the next, our suffering will end and we will be restored and supported and strengthened and have a firm foundation, which is Jesus. And so, naturally, he concludes with a word of praise. All power to him forever. Amen. And that's what we're going to do too uh, in just a second. Um, we're going to sing uh, with a word of praise to our God. Uh, did you notice that the beginning and the end, it's all up there still, isn't it? Yeah. It starts with humble yourself under God and it ends with all power to him forever. I, I said that, didn't it? It begins and it ends with that relationship with God and all the other stuff that will help you to be humble uh, sits in that sandwich. Uh, it's good for us to humble ourselves under God uh, and to trust in Him, to bring our worries and our cares to Him, to stay firm and stay strong in Him, uh, to remember and be aware that we're not alone, that He is with us and we are together with our brothers and sisters all over the world and that we have this eternal hope in Him. So let's pray and let's sing into all of that. Lord God, uh, we humble ourselves before you tonight. Uh, you have commanded us again and again to be humble. Uh, Lord, we're sorry for the ways in which uh, we haven't been, uh, where our hearts become pr proud uh, like King Hezekiah's, uh, where we think too much about ourselves and, and not about enough about you and about others. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts by your Holy Spirit, uh, that we would uh, put you in your rightful place as our King and our Lord, uh, and that we would put one another uh, in that place where we can love and care for and forgive one another, uh, where we can be 
uh, in good, humble, healthy relationships uh, here at church and in all of our lives. Lord, we pray uh, that you would change our hearts, uh, that we can do that in your strength and by your power. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.